Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Up the Wing, the new weekend podcast of Crash the Net with my co-host Dylan Sobo. Dylan, how you feeling? Pretty good, Mikey. Really excited for episode two of Up the Wing here on Crash the Net. Um, beautiful weekend this weekend. Great weather. Sprinkled a little bit this afternoon, but we got through it. And overall, nice, relaxing day. So I'm excited to get through all these Saturday games that we have and uh, touch on Sunday. Still got a game active here on Sunday, though. But, um, yeah, should be a fun one to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We closed out the last episode of Crash with the Oilers and Vegas game. I believe that we ended either on the first or second period. We're here to bring the final results of last night's Oilers game with the Oilers coming up with the big win on the road against Vegas, 5-3. to three. The first goal of the evening, like we said, came from Nicholas Waugh. Uh, 334 into the first period on a tip-in shot here, assisted by Zach Whitecloud. Uh, big shot here from Waugh. It looks like from the goaltender's left circle. So, very good shot there from Waugh. Zach Hyman, um, I'm sorry, that Nicholas Waugh goal was from Vegas, 334 into the first end. Zach Hyman scores for Edmonton to tie the game 1-1, 837 into the first off a deflected power play goal. Uh, assisted by Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. As we can see here, it's not only Zach Hyman's fourth goal of the season, McDavid and Dreisaitl are neck and neck for assists. McDavid gets his sixth, Dreisaitl his seventh. It, like we said before, it's going to be another season where they're neck and neck with each other. Yeah, exactly. I like all the points that you mentioned here, Mikey. And Edmonton came out with a big one here. Obviously undefeated on the season. Very tough team to play against. Extremely tough team to beat. Uh, but, yeah, it seems like the big names, Dreisaitl and McDavid, seem to be getting it done. Obviously with David on the night with two assists. Yeah, absolutely. And Nolan Patrick scores the second goal for uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. Nolan coming from Philadelphia is uh, his first goal of the season. 125 into the second off a tip-in. But, uh, you know, Edmonton answers back. Zach Hyman with the goal again, assisted again by Connor McDavid. Uh, and this time assisted also by Jesse Puyarvi. Tied at 2, 355 into the second off a snapshot. And like we said, with uh, Dreisaitl playing neck and neck with McDavid, and he'll, he'll score the third goal for Edmonton, putting him up 3-2 with 5.07 into the second off a snapshot, followed by Nicholas Haig from Vegas, scoring 2.07 into the third on a slap shot, tying the game at three, assisted by Waugh and Stevenson. And then... Uh, it's all downhill from there as Edmonton Zach Cassian scores 433 into the third on a backhand shot. And then Leon Dreisaitl sends him home packing on an empty netter. 1948 into the third, his fourth goal of the season, unassisted. Yeah, so a little something for me to note um, on Vegas's side that I've been noticing. Alex Petrangelo on defenseman formerly on the blues now playing for vegas the man has four games played nothing doing stat wise and a whopping minus six total on the year 
unreal because I thought he'd be doing much better, right, Mikey? Yeah, I would. I would think that you know Petrangelo coming from the Blues organization, he's known to play well with St. Louis, and now with Vegas, it doesn't look like his season's starting off too hot. I know that they're not doing well as a team, but you know, it, when it comes to your individual play, it helps your team play as well. If you be, you know help your team out and become that team player. You know, big things happen, but it, it just doesn't look like this team is clicking this season. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it at all, and especially you need a veteran like that in the locker room, you know, putting up decent numbers to kind of create that spark. Obviously, it's significantly proven over here in Edmonton Oilers and uh, Alberta, Canada. Just unreal numbers from these guys, and congrats to them. Moving on to Saturday. Yeah, the only thing that Vegas controlled was uh, their shots on goal, showed that they were getting into those nitty-gritty areas in the offensive zone. But, you know, the Oilers showed a lot of grit and determination, taking the 53.7 face-off percentage compared to Vegas's 46.3, and they just kept rolling from there. Went 1-for-3 on their power play as Vegas went 0-for-3. Both teams had six penalty minutes, but Edmonton took over. 29 hits, 16 blocks, 9 giveaways, 10 takeaways. It looked like Edmonton just controlled gameplay. On to the next game of the night. The LA Kings take the 2-3 loss in overtime against the Dallas Stars. Not a bad loss for their record here. Just because, you know, you went into overtime, you still got the point on the night. Nothing to really be ashamed of. Your guy, Gabriel Velarde, scores here. Um, his first goal of the season, assisted by Kaliev and Walker, 17-32 into the second. And uh, the other goal coming from Andrzej Kopitar, his sixth goal of the season, 17-11 into the first, assisted by Arvidsson and Brown. Those are the two goals for L.A. The three, meanwhile... Tyler Sagan scores his first 19-20 into the first off a slap shot on a power play unit, assisted by Suter and Heiskinen. And then Heiskinen will score the second goal of the night, his second of the season, assisted by Pavelski and Sagan, 10-58 into the third, which will tie the game up at two off a power play goal. Um, it goes into overtime, and Denis Gurianov just shoots it on a backhand off a backhand shot 415 into overtime and seals the deal for Dallas yeah King's unfortunate loss here had a lot of action on offense 45 shots on goal for them Dallas obviously being the heavy hitters you're going to expect to see more hits from them than typically any other team and Kings obviously winning over half the face up so lots to be happy about in this game as a Kings fan yep and moving on, we got the Penguins taking the 7-1 win over the Toronto Maple Leafs. Big, huge win last night. Penguins just dominated Toronto. I, they don't even have Malkin or Latang in. Oh, there were like six guys that they didn't have. Six. They, had, they didn't have Crosby. They didn't have Malkin. They didn't have... I know they didn't have Latang. I'm, I'm just looking at the roster right now of who I'm not noticing. I know Latang was out. Yeah, Latang was out as well. And they're still dominating oh, game. Oh, Brian Rust right. on the roster that I can tell. Uh, Jeff Carter not listed either. Right. So Drew O'Connor scores goal number two and three for him on his season. Uh, he scores the first off a deflected shot, 11.53 into the first. 
puts Pittsburgh up one nothing. Unfortunately, Toronto scores the long goal for themselves. Jason Spezza, assisted by Engvall and Simmons, 12:44 into the first, and then it is downhill from there. Six unanswered as Mike Matheson, you know, Jason Zucker, Drew O'Connor, like I said, scores again. You got Marcus Pedersen, Brian Boyle, and Evan Rodriguez. Power play goals, snapshot, wrist shots, wraparounds. Mike Matheson, it was his first goal of the season on a wraparound shot, assisted by Kasperi Kapanen. Zucker's by Denton Heinen. You know, just a, a lot of big, uh, a lot of big name players, and a lot of big moves being made here. The faceoff percentage is night and day, sixty-three point nine for Pittsburgh and thirty-six point one for Toronto. Thirty-three shots compared to twenty-nine. They were one for five on their power play. Thirteen penalty minutes compared to seventeen. Thirty-three hits compared to twenty. Just Penguins domination here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, pressure was on pretty much after the first period. Looks to me like the score was one to one. Penguins score four unanswered in the second period, and at that point it was five to one. Entering the third, pretty much in the locker room, if I was Mike Sullivan in this situation, I'd be like, "Hey, who needs a point tonight?" And that's pretty much what they did because they turned around with two more additional goals after that complete and utter onslaught against Toronto tonight. And, man, that's, in my mind as a Pittsburgh fan, that's one for the record books, if you ask me. Anytime a team puts any above five is just brutal. Yeah, the, it, it was just an onslaught. Seven goals, six unanswered is insane. And I know Jason Spezza tried his best there, but that's the only goal that comes out of Toronto. Doesn't seem like the offensive units for... Um, for Toronto are able to extinguish or stop the bleeding here. And next we got the Sabres taking the 1-2 loss against New Jersey. Dylan Cousins scores the first goal, putting them up 1-0. 3-19 into the first off a power play goal, assisted by Bryson and Oposo. And then the Devils will answer back. Nico Hishier to tie the game, assisted by Dougie Hamilton. His first assist of the evening. Hishier's first goal of the uh, of his season. Tomas Tatar was also assisted. His third assist on uh, the season here. 5.52 into the third off a power play goal. Ties the game up in the third period. And they head into overtime. 3.09 into overtime. Pavel Zaka puts it in the back of the net, assisted by Damon Severson. And like I told you, Yegor Sharangovich off a snapshot. I will say it every single time. You will say it. I will say it every single time. I will back every single player. Yegor Sharangovich is the guy to break in New Jersey, and you're not breaking him. He's doing insane things. He he scored a few goals during the preseason. He's scoring again in the regular season. He's on assists. You can't stop him. Shots on goal are night and day. 39 to 25. Faceoff percentage is night and day. 66 to 34. Uh, Devils at a one, were one for three on their power play. Buffalo one for two. Uh, Devils stayed out of the box a little longer. I think that's what really did Buffalo in. Uh, six penalty minutes compared to eight. So, I mean, if you didn't have that man down, you probably wouldn't have had that goal against you. But who knows how that game would have turned around. 
Um, just a sloppy gameplay, I think, with the penalty kill for Buffalo. I would have to agree. I wasn't very happy with watching uh, those two power plays that they had. Didn't seem like what was not much was doing. Uh, unfortunately for the Devils, one did happen to squeak by. But these are two tough teams out of the Eastern Conference playing against each other. And the fact that this one was pushed to overtime was not unexpected in my eyes. And definitely full credit to Pavel Zaka for finishing that one off. Really earned the top star of the game. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I love to see my Devils do well. Unfortunately, the Lightning did not as they fell 4-3 to at home against Colorado. Um, I'm, I watched this game. A lot of sloppy play. I, I was surprised that they were able, that the Lightning were able to come back into this one. But, you know, in the shootout, you shouldn't you shouldn't be pushing yourselves to get into a shootout to bail you out. Just sloppy gameplay. Um, wasn't really strong on face-offs. I mean, it shows on the stats here, 52.3 compared to 47.7. The Bolts had the face-off percentage, but it didn't look, it, didn't look that way, if you ask me. They didn't do well on their power play either. They were 0 for 3 compared to Colorado's 1 for 6. 14 penalty minutes for the Bolts. I think that's uh, another issue there for uh, their special teams unit. A lot of hits, though, and uh, a lot of great blocks, giveaways, and takeaways for the Lightning. Outshot them every single period, but they need to be more accurate and need to stay out of the box. Yeah, end of the day, this is the one that actually killed them, but um, in my eyes, absolute magic that the Avalanche didn't score more than once on the power play out of the six opportunities that they had. And as of last night, I was very open about this on Twitter. And I'm big when it comes to officiating properly. Officiate any sporting event properly or at least to an extent of, yeah, I can live with that. This game is in my top five of worst ever called games that I have attended and being alive for 25 years de definitely in the top five and I do not want to see that uh, officiating crew for a very long time yeah I mean if that was extremely poor yeah just a lot of poor gameplay as well you know you see Gabriel Landeskog land his second goal uh, in the, his second goal of the regular season uh, puts the Avalanche up one nothing nine oh two into the first off a wrist shot assisted by McKinnon and Byram. No goals scored at the end of the first. Second opens up with a really good light from the Lightning. Matthew Joseph puts a, a goal up for Tampa Bay, uh, tying the game one to one, assisted by Sorelli and Kaloran six thirty four into the second on a backhand shot. But Colorado answers back. Miko Rantanen scores his third of the regular season. 11.51 into the second on a snapshot. You know, assisted by Nathan McKinnon and Cam McCarr. And then the Lightning, you know, they try to get some spirit back into them in the third period, but it's just not enough. Steven Stamkos will score his fourth of the regular season. Andre Pilat and McDonough will have their first assist, uh, the first assist of the regular season for them. Ties the game up at 2 3 44 into the third on a tip and shot. But, you know, McKinnon comes back, breaks the tie, 
ties uh, for three to two. Nine fifty into the third off a slap shot on a power play goal, assisted by Makar and Landeskog. And second goal of the season for Braden Point, assisted by Hedman and Stamkos, ties the game at three seventeen twenty five into the third on a wrist shot. Nothing happens in that overtime period, but they head to the shootout. Victor Hedman gets the first one. Nathan McKinnon gets, you know, he's saved. Braden Point misses, uh, misses wide a little bit, and then Miko Rantanen scores. Ross Colt misses. Uh, Andre Borakovsky will shoot wide. Stamkos will get a goal. Landeskog gets a goal. Corey Perry will miss wide. Nazem Kadri misses wide. Sorelli misses wide. And Kel McCarr seals the deal for Colorado, putting them up 4-3 against the Bolts. Like I said, you got to play the full 60 minutes. Can't allow them to, to squeak by and uh, shoot out here. On to the next one. Panthers take the 4-2 win on the road against Philadelphia. Jonathan Uberdo gets his first of the night and the first of his regular season. Aaron Ekblad and Patrick Hornquist on the assist. Uh, put the Florida Panthers up 1-0 17 minutes into the first on a slap shot power play goal. The second period, the Philadelphia Flyers come with a little more fight in them as Claude Giroux ties the game up at 1-4-23 into the second on a power play goal assisted by Sean Couturier. Cam Atkinson will score the next goal for Philadelphia and the last goal. 10-53 into the second off a shorthander unassisted. And after that, it's all she wrote as the Florida Panthers dominate with Owen Tippett. Jonathan Uberdo again scores a goal. And Sam Reinhardt just puts a nail in the coffin on an empty netter, 18:48 into the third. Just complete domination in in the end of the second, early in the third as well. Yeah, Panthers doing exactly what I've been stressing that they got to do. You know, you got to kick on the gas early. You got to keep it on. And then third period, they put on a show with. Uh, two goals in the third none from the flyers and it, that was the difference maker in the game you know flyers missed out on that they didn't start out strong second period was fantastic but then dwindled down coming to the tail end of that game and it cost them you know two points and that's pretty big this time of year where you're trying to like get yourself situated in the in the standings trying to figure out okay where are we at what do we need to do you know more points you can get early on better off you're going to be later on and Panthers are right on it. Yeah, the Flyers dominated on the faceoff, taking a 58.7 faceoff percentage compared to Florida's 41.3. Uh, they were both they both had one power play goal. The Philadelphia Flyers won for four, Panthers won for seven. Uh, the Flyers couldn't stay out of the box that much. 14 times that or 14 minutes that they were in the box for, and the Panthers had eight, 23 hits for Flo uh, for Philadelphia, 21 for Florida, 12 blocks for both teams, six giveaways for the Flyers, five takeaways for the Panthers. Overall, a dominating Panthers night. Next up, we got the Flames taking the 4-3 win against the Capitals on the road. Big win here coming from Calgary. Their first goal coming from Andrew Manjapay, 927 into the first off a backhander. Power play goal. Really nice start, assisted by Milan Lucic and Noah Hennepin. Lucic being a former oiler, so something to look out for as the season rolls forward. 
Next goal comes from Elia, uh, sorry, Elias Lindholm. His fourth of the season, Johnny Goudreau's fifth assist, two to nothing. Calgary, 10-59 into the first on a wrist shot. Elias Lindholm scores again, making it three nothing. It is brutal as he lays it on, 17-18 into the first on a shorthander. And then the lights come back on for the Washington Capitals as Evgeny Kuznetsov comes in unassisted. 3-1 here in the second, 2.55 in off a wrist, uh, wrist shot shorthanded. Then you have Martin Ferhervari. I'm sorry if I can't pronounce that name right. He's going to end up scoring a goal big for the Capitals. You know, not, nothing that you can't do here. Big things coming out of this uh, out of this organization, but you know Alex Ovechkin tries to seal the deal. Unfortunately, you know it ties the game, but it doesn't seal the win. They go into overtime, and Elias Lindholm will have his hat trick of the night, his sixth of the season. Johnny Gaudreau on the assist, and Vladar putting the Calgary Flames up four to three, two forty six into overtime. Looking great for the Flames. Yeah, Flames looking fantastic in this one. Obviously, the guys you needed to show up did uh, when they were they were summoned. It was Mangiapan and Gaudreau, and icing on the cake was definitely a hat trick from Elias Lindholm. Great game for Alberta. Um, yeah, excellent. And even Washington, three unanswered goals to put to push into overtime to re- at least to receive one point on the day. Absolutely fantastic, fun one to watch. And I believe we both picked the Capitals in this one, but unfortunately for us two, came up short. Yeah, I mean, I was expecting Alex Ovechkin to seal the deal. And, I mean, he came close. He scores the tying goal, but doesn't manage to get the overtime goal here. And I don't, like I said, and I'll keep saying it until the, you know, I'll, I'll keep on saying it. Play the full 60 minutes, you know. You can't just allow this team to walk all over you. Where were these three goals in in the first and second period you guys got to keep going 60 minutes full speed ahead and not not the greatest in ice for washington but great job for calgary 27 shots compared to 25 they were 50.8 face-off percentage compared to 49.2 so they were pretty close neck and neck with each other uh flames couldn't stay out of the box eight minutes for them six for the capitals and uh, looks like the Flames would just dominate here. 25 hits, 22 blocks. You know, might have one more giveaway than Washington with seven, uh, but nine takeaways overall. Two periods they outshot Washington completely. Completely dominant night for Calgary. It was a fun game to watch, like you said. A lot of back and forth, but. You know, you got to play the full 60 minutes and you got to stay out of the box. Next up, the Blues take the 7-3 win at home against the LA Kings. Game is night and day, man. 40 shots on goal compared to 35. Alex Iafalo scores the first one. one to nothing LA, 11-29 into the first off a wrist shot. You got to think about Iafalo. How do I feel about him? Yes, sir. I mean, I loved I follow ever since I started following him as a Kings player. Obviously, I wish he was on a different roster like the Bolts. You know, he's got that type of energy that you want on your team. 
But yeah, it's playing so far solid this year. Nothing. I have nothing bad to say about the man. You know, you can't expect a whole lot out of him like an Ovechkin or a Dreisaitl, any of those guys. But just a solid dude to have on your team. Yeah, he did really well last season. He had 13 goals and 17 assists. 30 points was a minus 8 for last regular season. But overall, doing fairly well as he scores his first goal of the evening, first goal of his of the regular season for him. Very good shot for him on a wrist shot. And David Perron will tie the game up for the Blues, assisted by Tori Krug and Vladimir Tarasenko, 14-36 into the first off a power play goal. And it just rains like no tomorrow. Looks like they have four unanswered after the Barbershev goal, but like total six unanswered goals before Dustin Brown and Grunstrom come through with two goals. I guess they tried to stop the bleeding there, but man, yeah, it was really important. Yeah. yeah, Kings just didn't have it, you know, obviously on the back half of a back to back and always nice to come up with at least a point on a back-to-back after a tough loss on Friday, but Kings just couldn't get it done today, and full credit to David Perron over on the Blues side of it with a hat-trick as well in the night. Yep. Hat-trick from David Perron. He scores 14-36 into the first, 45 seconds into the second, and will put away the final goal of the evening for St. Louis and the final goal of the night on a power play goal, 11.40 into the third. James Neal will have his first goal in a Blues jersey, assisted by Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo, 38 seconds into the third on a power play goal. Ryan O'Reilly, 7.06 into the second on a power play goal. And um, Jake Neighbors scores his, 2.37 into the second just uh, utter annihilation 7 to 3 40 shots compared to 35 53% 4 for 7 on their power play I've, I haven't seen a team that dominant on their power play unit yet this season no I definitely agree with you and this isn't the first game that we've called with the Blues active on the power play I don't know who that power that special teams coach is over um, in St. Louis there, but yeah, definitely a great guy to have on your side, that's for sure. Yeah, just a completely dominant showing. Great job for the Blues. L.A. just needs to get dominant, needs to hold on to the puck, needs to learn how to make some nice clean passes, get up the boards, try to control the neutral zone and neutral ice there. Unfortunately, they didn't do it. They didn't do it last night. But I mean, like, it, it's just a learning thing. I know it's early in the season still, but changes need to be made as you know as we go along. But you know, great showing for the Blues. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I don't know if the defense, if LA's defense in this one was is to completely to blame here, but definitely better numbers needed from Calvin Peterson, allowing seven on forty. No, that's not exactly the, the greatest ratio. That's about one goal every eight shots, and it's it's tough to win games when you're allowing something like that. Yeah, it it doesn't look good for them over there. But it is looking up for another team. Your New York Rangers here take the 3-2 win against the Ottawa Senators on the road. Very good start to the game. 
Yeah. Yeah, fun one to watch. I think the Rangers actually fell behind in that one for a little bit, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Paul will score for Ottawa, and then Norris scores unassisted. So no goals coming from anybody after, you know, late in the third, really. But I'm, you know, glad it happens for the Rangers. You know, Ottawa puts the first goal in by Paul 41 seconds into the first off a snapshot. Norris scores a minute and four into the third. There are no goals in between those until Chris Kreider shows up with Artemi Panarin and Mika Zibanejad 14.37 into the third. Pretty late, if you ask me. A tip Pretty in on a power, the power play. play. Yeah, insane right there. And then you have another goal from Lindgren. Ties the game up at 2. 15.52 into the third. You're starting to see some light here. It's tied 2-2. Two to two. It's late in the third. And then, you know, former Lightning player Barkley Goudreau seals the deal. Assisted by Sammy Blaze and Jacob Truba. If I'm not mistaken, Truba got into a little little tussle here with uh, one of the Kachuk brothers. Oh, yes, yes, definitely. I remember seeing this fight, and I'm pretty sure Truba won. <laughs> oh, I thought opposite. I, I, thought, I thought Brady won it. I don't know, man. It, it looked pretty solid. I thought solid. Brady won it because Brady, I thought, had him in the in the chokehold, kind of, and then tossed him down. No, uh, it looked like a little bit of a hip toss for a second, but I mean, like punching wise, I, I'm a, I, I like boxing, and it looked like a pretty stand up match until <laughs> until you see uh, uh, Kachuk use that uh, hip toss that you see in MMA. <laughs> Look yeah, like I was just about to compare him to MMA because you, you got Truba's more of a boxer using mainly his hands. Yeah. And then one, once MMA was involved, they ended up losing the fight. Yeah. Not the only person that would lose on the night. The Anaheim Ducks fall 3-4 to four against the Minnesota Wild. Ricard Raquel starts the, the goaling session. Uh... Scoring session, I'm sorry. 118 into the first, one nothing for Anaheim, assisted by Hampus Lindholm and Adam Henrique. And then Minnesota would answer back. Brandon Duheim scores, assisted by Sturm and Matt Dumba. Ties the game up at 1, 7-11 into the first off a deflected shot. Jared Spurgeon will score his first. Uh, Alex Goligoski and Jordan Greenway on the assist. 2-1 Minnesota, 9.05 into the first off a slap shot. But Anaheim would not be denied. Troy Terry scores his second of the season, tying the game up at 2, 11-11 into the first off a tip-in. First period ends, and we go right into the second. Ricard Raquel scores again on the night, his second of the evening. 3-2 to two Anaheim, a minute and 40 from minute 49 into the second off a wrist shot, power play goal. And then it's all downhill from there. John Merrill will score a, his first goal of the season, assisted by Marcus Foligno, ties the game up at 3, 11.56 into the second. No goals there in the third, but Ryan Hartman puts the game away, assisted by Matt Zuccarella and Jonas Brodeen. 4.47 into overtime. Yeah, excellent game played here by the Wild. You know, front half of a back-to-back. Still undefeated on the year. Played excellently. And I've nothing bad to say about that team. Yeah. Ducks, on the other hand, you know, came up short, obviously, but still putting up good numbers. 
Yeah, putting up good numbers. Like I said, just you can't allow it to get to OT. You got to play that full 60 minutes. Got to get pucks deep. You got to work, man. You can't. I don't know if they were doing it, but no-look passes, behind-the-back passes, man. You got to be confident when you're passing the puck back and forth. Sorry to use the Mighty Ducks reference, but soft hands. <laughs> I'm yeah, serious. Soft hands. Those kitty soft paws for sure to be successful. I'm serious, man. Soft hands change the game. If you if you go to make hard passes, they're going to bounce off the tape. They're not going to go tape to tape. They're going to bounce over, and you're going to lose, and you're going to turn over the puck. you got to use soft hands, keep control, go up ice, make sure you make some clean passes, and make sure you always pass into your teammates and not try to take this in alone. But, you know, really good game from both teams. But Minnesota takes the game. Three stars of the evening, Ryan Hart. Uh, Ryan Hartman, I'm sorry, from the Minnesota Wild. Brandon Duheim from the Minnesota Wild. And Ricard Raquel from the Anaheim Ducks. Um, Minnesota controls the game. 36 shots compared to 24. They're about even on the face-off percentage at 50% each. Uh, Anaheim just controls a little bit better on their uh, power play unit. 1 for 3. 0 for 4 here in Minnesota. I guess they can't do anything with their PK. Um... But they managed to stay out of the box just a little bit more than the Anaheim Ducks. I like this game, though. Yeah, this game was a fun one to watch. Obviously, me being interested in the Wild and to see Kirill Kaprizov be successful. I, I watched it. I watched this one here and there. And fortunately, I, I did catch the overtime winner of Brian Hartman. Just fantastic all around. Excellent day for XL Energy Center. Yeah, Ryan Harmon's a solid player. I look forward to seeing what he does in the years to come. Next up, we got the Jets taking the 6-4 win at home against the Nashville Predators. Unfortunately, they don't open up the scoring first. Nashville takes control as Colton Sisson scores his first of the season, assisted by Tanner Genot and Nick Cousins. 1-0 Nashville, a minute and 15 into the first. Then, uh... Adam Lowry for Winnipeg scores, assisted by Dylan DeMello, and Harkins, 2.42 into the first, ties the game up at 1. Into the second we go as Pierre-Luc Dubois opens up the scoring, 2-1, Winnipeg, 1.11 into the second, assisted by Schmidt and Svechnikov. Paul Stastny will score his first 234 into the second, making the game 3-1 Winnipeg on a backhand power play goal, assisted by Kyle Connor and Neil Pionk. Nashville wants to get back into the scoring. Nick Cousins, assisted by Novak and Tomasino, 13-27 into the second on a backhand power play goal. But Winnipeg answers back. Christian Veselainen scores next. Assisted by Schmidt and Dubois, 1949 into the second on a deflected shot. Roman Yossi scores his second of the season, 310 into the third, making 4-3 Winnipeg. Assisted by Fabro and Novak. Stastny scores again, 5-3 Winnipeg, 336 into the third on a deflected shot. Kyle Connor will score, assisted by Schmidt and Nikolai Ehlers. 6-3 Winnipeg, 6-14 into the third off a slap shot power play goal. It's 6-3. Tomasino scores for Nashville, 6-4, and it's the end of the game. 13-41 into the third power play goal for Tomasino. Unfortunately, not enough to secure a Nashville Predators win. 
No, excellent game played here by Nashville and Winnipeg. A lot of action on the power play. And I know Nashville didn't come up with the win on this one, but great takeaways here. A lot of action in front of the net. Extreme dominance by Nashville compared to the Jets in front of the net. I think Nashville just happened to be playing bigger and faster. And this one, that's always beneficial. Um, obviously, I did mention the power play, the amount of power plays. Winnipeg, three three opportunities, two goals, and Nashville had four opportunities with two goals. So Jets really coming through on the power play here. Yeah, they had more. They had uh, 11 penalty minutes compared to Winnipeg's 13, but Winnipeg laid on the hits with 24 and 22 blocks. Really controlling gameplay here. Like how they were able to keep control of the puck in the offensive zone. Just uh, really, really nice, smart hockey coming out of Winnipeg. Next up, the Canadians take the six-one win. Finally, they get a win, huh? Six-one yeah, win at home under their belt against a very tough Detroit team as well. Yeah, and it doesn't start off that well for them too. I'm pretty sure there was some booing as Dylan Larkin scores first for Detroit. I, I'm. I would have to think that. Yeah. I would have to think that the Bell Center was screaming and had to be you know being yeah bell center definitely unhappy when dylan larkin scored that first one i heard many many boos in that crowd definitely was not a completely packed arena as well saw a lot of empty seats in that one but matthew perot comes through on the night and he answered the the crowd's pleas over there at bell center yeah, he scores a hat trick. One was, one goal was unassisted. There, seven forty-five into the second, he scores again, assisted by Toffoli and Caulfield. Nine fifty-nine into the second, and then he scores the final goal of the evening, assisted by Ben Sherratt. Thirteen sixteen into the third on an empty netter. Christian Dvorak and Ben Sherratt looked pretty nice to, that night, and uh, Mike Hoffman as well. Very good gameplay. Um, Glad to see Montreal finally gets up on the board. Finally, they get a win. Yeah, it wasn't looking very good for them. You know, NHL Network and a lot of the big-name programming over here was definitely talking about how this Montreal team is the one of the worst in NHL history. Yeah, not not starting the season off hot. I'm pretty sure they were what is, they're one in six now. I think one in five. I believe. One in five. They had a 52.1 face-off percentage last night. They had three more shots compared. Um, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the wrong side. Detroit had the face-off percentage at 52.1 and uh, 27 shots. One for three on the power play as Montreal went one for four. So if anything, Montreal could work on that face-off percentage. They were pretty solid on their penalty minutes. Six compared to eight. So staying out of the box is pretty key here. Uh, they could have done a lot more hitting, I think, with them being so far down in the standings. I think that they could have been a little more aggressive. But overall, nice gameplay from Montreal. Maybe we'll see more of this as the regular season rolls on. Yeah, I definitely agree. Quiet game, not much hitting. No, not many whistles in this one either. Pretty fast, fast-paced game. Mainly, the only stoppages really were just the few power, the few penalties the refs called, along with the time between goals. Yeah, and there was not just one game where the, you know the Penguins had the seven-one win against 
Toronto. We have another game that's similar to that as the Hurricanes take the 5-1 win over the Blue Jackets on the road. You know, Jesper Faust puts them up one to nothing, seven, eleven into the first. Then Vinny Trocek scores for Carolina there again, thirteen thirty-five into the first, his first of the season, on a power play goal. And uh, that you know, Columbus would try to score. Boone Jenner scores uh, seven nineteen into the second on a power play goal. And it's two to one, Carolina. Unfortunately, that's their last goal of the evening, their first and their last, as Jordan Stahl scores his first 3-1 Carolina, 15-57 into the second on a power play goal. Sebastian Ajo will score 4-1 Carolina, 7-0-5 into the third on a snapshot power play. And Vinny Trocek, 16-13 into the third on a snapshot, assisted by Svechnikov and Slavin. Just dominant gameplay from Carolina. It looks like they're going to go on a little bit of a run this season. It looks like they want to be that dominant team that we all know and love. Yeah, I couldn't agree more there. I actually didn't expect this from Carolina being away and playing in Columbus for this one. Uh, Vinny Trocek comes up absolutely huge in this one, you know, demonstrating a whopping three points on the night. And Freddie Anderson coming through with the second star of the game. You know, Carolina played heck of a game. And unfortunately, Columbus was the one that had to be on the receiving end of this clinic. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I know that they're they're kind of going, and I hate to say it that way, but I think they're going through a little bit of a rebuild. I know that they lost some coaches. I know that, you know, they... They may have gained some players and lost some players, but you know I think they're in they're in the middle of a rebuild. Yeah, it could be. I have no idea. You know, obviously the record's still above five hundred. Uh, still above five hundred. Um, geez, we just got to kind of wait and see, figure out where the next five games takes us, and see where they're sitting after the first ten. Yeah, I'm, I mean, they. Everybody remembers the 2019 season where they swept the Lightning in the first round, but, you know, the Lightning came back and answered them in the next two Stanley Cubs, and it looks like since then they've kind of been on the downhill slope. Yeah, but, you know, Columbus has the roster to be successful. It's just a matter of the coaching staff getting getting their acts together, really learning their players' personalities and stuff like that. You know, you got big names over here. you got Corpus Salo and Nick. You got Wierenski back there on defense. Jacob Voracek, obviously, in the league of wild. Gustav Nyquist, Patrick Laine, Sean Corrali, Boone Jenner. You know, you, you have a roster to be successful. It's yeah. just a matter of literally putting your pieces together. Exactly. Just didn't get it done last night. I mean, look at look at the power play goals, the, the differentials. Three for six, 50% there for the Carolina Hurricanes, while there's a 25% for... Columbus, they went one for four. Eight penalty minutes for Carolina, 12 for Columbus, 12 hits apiece for each team, 12 blocks for Carolina. Dominant night for Carolina, they looked pretty solid. Yeah, I don't know. Um, is this going to be the team that ends up top of the Metro? They might, uh, they might be. They just might be. Because right now the Rangers are sitting at the top of the Metro, and that's just unconscious right now. Here's the difference, though, is that Carolina is up by .25 points percentage. They have no. It lock. seems like it, and they got two games in hand as well. Yeah, 
Carolina doesn't have any losses on their record. New York has one. They have one overtimer. Both teams are pretty solid, but I think that Carolina may take the Metro. Atlantic? I have no idea yet. Lightning have to show up if they want a three-peat. But it if looks they like want it, they got to be at the top. But right now, Florida's uh, churning and burning. Yeah, they're five and zero. Oh. I'm actually surprised they're they're still the undefeated team. I don't even know. Carolina, Pittsburgh, Washington, Florida, Edmonton, St. Louis are all undefeated. We'll see. It. We'll see if that stands. In the words of Conor McGregor, somebody's O has got to go. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. And he's like, it's gonna be me. No, I mean it, it, it. It's just a matter of fact. Somebody's always got to go, and we're gonna see who's gonna be the last one who remains undefeated. Who knows who it'll be? Next, we got your Coyotes. I'm sorry, are not doing hot at all. I don't think they have a win under their belt yet. They but fall uh, or not. This is absolutely not. <laughs> they fall three to nothing at home against the Islanders. I think Gila River is burning. I, the Gila River. Well, I mean, you wouldn't be wrong. The weather. I heard the weather there is actually pretty nice. Um, geez, I was talking to an insurance agent. I think, but I can't remember where or like which company it was. But he's like, so how's the weather over there? I'm like, well, I'm in Florida, so I'm, pretty much anything can be 120% humidity, right? <laughs> and he's like, well, yeah, Phoenix ain't bad. No. And I was like, oh, dang, he goes way out there. So apparently it's like 60 degrees in the morning, like 60 to 70 in the morning, mm. 112 in the afternoon, yeah. and then 60 to 70 at night. Yeah, but they don't have the humidity. They just have the dryness. Yeah, I know. It's a dry heat. I mean, that's like... That's the brutal you, thing you about it. Cook. Yeah, you're... I mean, like, just be thankful that Florida doesn't get that 112-degree heat with the humidity right now, at least. No, but they've got, like, paint melting off of signs. Man, it's crazy. Yeah. It, just as crazy as uh, your Coyotes losing your Cal Clutterbuck starting the <laughs> starting the scoring session, putting on a clinic assisted by Pellick, 16-32 into the first on a wrist shot. Brock Nelson, the next one to score. Josh Bailey assisted, and uh, Noah Dobson as well assisting on the goal. 2 nothing Islanders, 19-49 into the second on a power play goal. And then Anthony, Anthony Beauvillier seals the deal. 3 nothing New York, 10-51 into the third on a backhander, assisted by Brock Nelson and Kyle Palmieri. I don't think it's a team that we got to worry about, but I do know that they're going to be a tough team, New York. I I'm I'm not really worried about them. You know, obviously I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna have it out for me on on my social media after saying this. But the Islanders haven't really concerned me ever since we kind of kick them in the playoffs every year. Yeah, I'm just I'm look as the regular season rolls on. I just. As much as I'd like to see the Islanders go down time and time again, I I have a feeling that they're going to be a strong team to mess with in the regular season. Yeah, definitely the regular season is going to cause problems for pretty much any team that goes up to face them. Obviously, it's 
I wouldn't say it's one you're circling on your calendar for, at least just yet. But maybe in crunch time, it'll be one to look out for. But full credit to Ilya Sorokin here for, for a huge shutout against the obvious soft Coyotes team. But it's always good to have zeros on your on your stats as a goaltender for sure. Keep those sheets clean, you know. Do your laundry. <laughs> yeah, and unfortunately, Seattle couldn't get theirs done either. Fall, falling 2-4. to four. At home against Vancouver, what are you thinking about Seattle so far this season? Man, Seattle's kind of hit or miss. I would say right now they're sitting at one and four with with a overtime loss, so they're sitting at three points. As an up and coming team, this is about what the both of us expected, right? Yeah, I kind of want them to do better just because they're the new team. I want them to see some kind of light. I don't think they're going to be anything like Vegas where they go through five goaltenders and overcome that kind of adversity to get into the playoff picture. But things may change as they go through the regular season. I don't think they'll be a playoff contention, but I think they'll do they have the they have the ability they have that ability to, to do well in the regular season. It's just whether they do it or not, and it doesn't look like they are right now. No, Seattle's definitely not that powerhouse of the West that at least the fan base expected them to be this year. But yeah, yeah huge win for Vancouver. I think it means a lot to the boys. And yeah, Beaufort had two goals on the night. I'm excited for him. Obviously, biggest forehead in the league. Um, you can question me on that if you'd like. You really just said he's got the biggest forehead in the league. I'm he gonna, literally has the biggest I'm forehead gonna, in the league. I'm going to tweet him, and I'm going to tweet you in the same sentence. And I'm going to say, Horvat, at DeBolt727, quote, biggest, yeah, biggest forehead, forehead in the league, league, end quote. And see if he yeah. responds. Because that yeah, will be one. <laughs> that will be one for the night. I mean, Man, I'm gonna, if he I'll responds, start. I'll be very shocked. But he's like, what it, when you compare him to anybody, like any NHL player, and you look at the the actual size of the man's head, he has a dome literally the size of Mars. I'm still gonna call you out on every player that you talk about. You're lucky I haven't contacted Brandon Tanev on Twitter yet. Talk about how you look at him like deer in the headlights. <laughs> But the man, he, you can't even, he can't even question it. If he says that he doesn't look like deer in the headlights, there is literally something wrong. The man, I literally saw a picture of him on my Twitter, like, just yesterday, and it was the same thing. Bug eyes, not bug eyes and all. Oh, man. Anyway. If I'm, not mis- if I'm not mistaken, like, a year or two ago, the Canucks actually gave Horvat an award for, like, the biggest head or something. Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> be honest with you. Oh man, if they, I'm pretty sure he got at least a, like post game accolades or something along those lines. Yeah. But Vince Dunn scores his first of the season for Seattle, uh, assisted by Larson and Don scoring 19:56 into the first on a wrist shot. Like you said, Bo Horvat scores for Vancouver, tying the game at one 11:09 into the second. Mark Giordano. His first in a Seattle uniform, 5.09 into the third, making it Seattle 2-1. to 
Unfortunately, it's their last goal of the evening. Bo Horvat will score again, 12:52 into the third, tying the game at two on a power play, uh, power play goal here. Then Connor Garland unassisted, three to two Vancouver, 15:58 into the third on a slap shot, and then Justin Dowling puts the nail in the coffin, assisted by J.T. Miller and Brock Besser, 19 minutes into the third on an empty netter. Yeah, it's good to see Brock's name finally getting in there, obviously. One goal, one assist on the year. You know, you expect bigger numbers from that man, but always a pleasure to see him do well. Pretty much number one on the signs in terms of the, the Canucks fan base over there in, in D.C. Yeah, I mean, you look at Seattle, and they had 31 shots compared to Vancouver's 26, so at least they're taking shots to the net. They just need to be a little more accurate with them. They were also 0 for 2 on their power play, so... I mean, that's another thing to work on. Special teams, that's something you got to work on in practice. And just be ready for the next game. Vancouver goes... Yeah, yeah they got it. They got the guy to, to look for if they're looking for power play and penalty kill goals. You, you got Yanni Gord over there. I mean, sleep on the guy all you want, but we, we know him, we love him. And if you need a goal in, the, in trying times, Yanni Gord, the pumpkin, is your guy. The pumpkin... A gourd is a pumpkin. Where where did you come up with that one? <laughs> Didn't everybody call him the pumpkin? I don't remember hearing that. Everyone calls him the pumpkin. I call him. Everybody calls him the pumpkin, man. I don't know. I, I gotta ask everybody on this one now. Twitter family, if you hear us, <laughs> tell me if this yeah, is true Johnny or not. The pumpkin. I mean, are you serious? I haven't heard it before. Oh my god, that's all that's talked about on my Twitter. I don't know who you're following. <laughs> a lot of Lightning fans. <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of Lightning fans. <laughs> but Vancouver goes one for four on the power play. Very good for their special teams. They stay out of the box with four penalty minutes compared to Seattle's eight. Seattle's pretty dominant on hits, 33 to 30. 14 blocks, uh, six takeaways. You know, uh, just a, it's a learning curve here for Seattle. I know they're the new team. It's like the new kid in school. It's a learning curve. You know what I mean? Just yep, you know exactly what you mean. It's just uh, something that they gotta they gotta get used to. It may not happen this year, but it'll happen eventually. And then totally agree. Then we get to tonight's games: the Red Wings and the Blackhawks do battle with the Red Wings coming up with the big victory 6-3 to three in Chicago you know Lucas Raymond opens up the scoring for Detroit 541 into the first off a wrist shot assisted by Bertuzzi Tyler Johnson gets his first goal in a Chicago uniform and tying the goal tying, uh, Raymond's goal 1-1 one one, assisted by Taze and McCabe 12-35 into the first unfortunately Carter Rowney comes back Assisted by Rasmussen and former Lightning player Mitchell Stevens. Stevens' first assist in a Red Wings jersey. 2-1 Detroit, 4-22 into the second. Former Lightning player Vladislav Nemesnikov. Assisted by Stevens and Philip Zadina. 7-33 into the second. It's now 3-1 Detroit. Bertuzzi lays it on. 9-19 on a deflected shot. Assisted by Larkin and Raymond. 4-1 Detroit. Dominic Kubelik. Scores 12-10 into the second on a power play slap shot for Chicago. 4-2 Detroit. 
Raymond scores again, assisted by Larkin and Bertuzzi, 19 into the second on a wrist shot, 5-2 Detroit. Borgstrom for Chicago scores, assisted by Dylan Strom and Adam Gaudette, 158 into the third. It's 5-3 Detroit. It's just not enough. Lucas Raymond gets the hat trick here. 6-3 Detroit, seven minutes into the third on a slap shot power play goal. Chicago just didn't have enough to get this game through. No, Chicago didn't have enough in the tank in this one. But credit to Tyler Johnson. If you did not see this goal, this was fantastic. And it is the proven reason why you practice playing soccer before a hockey game. Because this man, if, if this man was a foot closer to the net, he would have kicked it in. He was passing this puck between his skates for about a solid 10 feet, put it on his stick and then popped it right between the legs of uh, that Detroit goaltender. What a goal for him and what, what a moment in Chicago. Yeah, the Chicago only controlled the first and third period with 11 shots and 18 in the third. But, you know, 37 shots compared to 35 overall for Detroit. Uh, Chicago had the face-off percentage of 52.7. Both teams had one power play goal, one for four for uh, Chicago, one for eight for Detroit. Chicago couldn't stay out of the box with 16 penalty minutes compared to Detroit's 12. A lot of hitting here, though. Chicago with 41, Detroit with 23, 19 blocks for Detroit, and 11 takeaways, 10 giveaways for Chicago. Very solid gameplay here from Detroit. Looks like that they're starting to become the little powerhouse team that you know Steve Eisenman wants them to be. Yeah, exactly. Well said. And a lot of open ice checks from uh, Detroit in this one. And another fantastic game from none other than Bertuzzi, who's got pretty much, I want to say, nine points on the season. And they've only played five games. So the guy's crushing out here. And unfortunately, Chicago's got to be on the receiving end of this one and only coming up with one point on the season. Yeah, not looking too hot for Chicago. Not looking too hot for this next team as the as the San Jose Sharks fall 3-4 to four against Boston on the road. Brad Marchand opens up the scoring, assisted by Patrice Bergeron and David Pasternak. 28 seconds into the first. I think that's the quickest goal that we've seen this season thus far. Definitely, definitely. 28 seconds into the game, that was wild. Yeah, Derek Forbert scoring, uh, scoring his first goal of the season, assisted by Marshan and Clifton. 2 nothing for Boston, 3-18 into the first. Pasternak will get his second of the season, assisted by Patrice Bergeron. 3 nothing Boston, 16-12 into the first on a slap shot power play goal. It looks like that, you know, the Sharks are wanting to stop the bleeding. The defense is trying to... You know, trying to play some decent hockey. But, you know, we see Jasper Weatherby score for San Jose, their first goal of the night, assisted by Gadjevich and Andrew Cagliano. 3-1 to Boston, 16-44 into the first on a wrist shot. Jake DeBrusque, however, comes back for Boston, 5-41 into the second, assisted by Steen and Forbord on a wrist shot. And then Hurdle will score for San Jose as well as Timo Meyer 13-19 into the third on a tip-in and 15-08 into the third on a wrist shot. 4-3 Boston is the final. Brad Marchand, David Pasternak, and Derek Forbert with the three stars of the game. 
Yeah, Jake DeBrus for Boston comes through with the game winner here tonight, but gotta give credit to the Sharks. They put up a decent fight, trying to, trying to at least tie the game uh, in the third period there, but just couldn't get the job done, and unfortunately take on their first loss of the season, which inevitably does, uh, does in fact do in their... It's time for that O to go. Like I said... Somebody's O has got to go, and San Jose's yep. went. San Jose. But we'll see who who's uh, who's O goes next. As the let's predators. see, let's see who do, who do we think's O will go next. Let let's see here. We we have we have some time left. We have some time left. Let's see whose O is going to go next. So the teams There's, that have an O still, we have Florida, Edmonton, we have Carolina. St. Louis Washington still has no regular season or regular um, regulation losses um, the Blues mm-hmm. Edmonton and that's it so I those think... are teams and whose O will go first next O for me I'm gonna say it's between St. Louis and Washington Washington has some sloppy gameplay sometimes, and I think with whoever they play in the coming weeks will end up dethroning them. I know Florida plays Arizona, so their O is not going anywhere. Washington's playing Ottawa, so we know that they're coming off strong. Um, Florida plays against Boston at home on the 27th so that's a possible win there Boston only has one loss on the their record right now as of right now I can't unless St. Louis loses at home to Colorado that's a possibility too I think I I was going to pick St. Louis. I w- I'll I'll tell you I was going to pick St. Louis. I think St. Louis is going to be the one to lose their O. And why is that? For the exact reason that you said, I think St. Louis is going to lose it um, at home, and I literally think it's going to come Monday. Come Monday, I think the Blues are going to blow it at home to the Kings. I don't know. I. I don't know if they're going to lose to the Kings. I think they're going to lose to a little bit of a more dominant team than L.A. Um, I'm going to say it's either between them or Washington. Washington kind of slipped in the preseason. and They they have some sloppy moments, but Alex Ovechkin, you know, he, he helps them out. He's their guy. I mean, they... Don't they have Sedano Chara over there in Washington now? Or did he? Oh, he, he went back to New York, didn't he? Chara. No, Chara? Chara yeah. should be on the Capitals, I think, still. Okay. Is he not? I don't, I don't remember. I thought I heard something about him going back to New York, where it all started, I think. Oh, the Islanders. The Islanders. Oh, is he on the Islanders? Oh, yeah, it could be. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. They got Vitam Vanacek and Net. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm sticking with it. I'm sticking with the Blues. Yeah, the, right. the Blues and the Blues. All right. I can say with uh, with uh, Ovechkin helping out the Capitals, I think that they'll be dominant, and St. Louis will. Uh, I'll agree with you. 
I agree with you there. St. Louis would probably be the next one to go. Much like how the Wild went tonight, 5-2 to two at home. Roman Yossi opened up the scoring for Nashville, assisted by Matt Deshane and Mark, uh, I think it's Mikhail Granlin. And uh, Ryan Johansson scores next. Yossi's goal on a power play goal, 345 into the first. Johansson's 554 into the first on a power play goal. So two power play goals back-to-back here. Ryan Johansson scores again. 3-0 Nashville, 12-25 into the first on a wrist shot. Then Nick Bukestad opens up the scoring for Minnesota here in the second period, making it 3-1 in favor of Nashville. 11-30 into the second on a wrist shot. His first of the season assisted by John Merrill. His first assist of the season as well. Uh, Philip Forsberg, Tanner Janelle scored the next two goals and the final two goals for Nashville, putting them 5-1 to one, and then Nico Sturm seals the deal with a, his first of the season, assisted by Brandon Duheim. His first assist of the season, 1957 into the second. You know, it's just too little, too late. Exactly what I was thinking. Just couldn't get the job done at the end of the day. But it's very hard to equalize with the Predators jumping out of the gate as early as they did. You know, they scored pretty much two goals within the first 10 minutes of the game, almost three goals within the first 10 minutes of the game. Very hard to beat a team like that. And unfortunately for the Wild, this was the second half of a back-to-back. So got to expect to drop that one. And another team that lost their O, Minnesota tonight. Unfortunate, unbelievable. Yeah, your three stars of the game are Ryan Johansson, Roman Yossi, and former Lightning goaltender Connor Ingram. Oh, yeah. Forgot about him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but, you know, Nashville controlled gameplay, two for six on their power play. Their special teams was phenomenal, 54.3 on the faceoff percentage, 10 penalty minutes compared to Minnesota's 12. Seven hits compared to nine. Sixteen blocks. No giveaways. Five takeaways per team. Pretty solid night. Just Minnesota just couldn't get the do- couldn't get the job done tonight. No, couldn't come through on the power play, and that's pretty much what did them in. And they had their opportunities as well. Yeah, one hundred percent. And the next game that comes up is in three minutes. The New York Islanders take on the Vegas Golden Knights on the road in Vegas. Uh, your prediction on this game? Um, the stats don't lie. You know, I've got to roll with the Islanders here. Yep. That's what I'm rolling with. I'm rolling with the Islanders. Vegas not looking too hot starting the season at one and three. No, I don't even. I don't even know who's in net for this one. Uh, to be honest with you, Mikey, because I know Mark Andre Fleury's been pretty cold over here. Oh no, my mistake. My mistake. Uh, Leonard's been cold over here. Yeah. And I don't know if they're gonna seek their backup in this one, but uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, man. And we'll go over tomorrow night's games. At seven o'clock, the Lightning take on the Sabers in Buffalo. Uh, another 7 o'clock game. The Stars take on the Columbus Blue Jackets in Columbus. The Arizona Coyotes at 7 will take on the Florida Panthers. The Flames take on the Rangers. The Capitals take on the Senators. The Maple Leafs take on the Hurricanes. And at 8 o'clock, the LA Kings take on the St. Louis Blues. Uh, 
Care to go over predictions? Um, first and foremost, don't forget, all games are on ESPN+. Plus. If you are looking to invest in the bundle, please do so. It is fantastic. Highly recommend. And I am going to buzz through these predictions really quick because I know we have stuff to do and uh, and it's, it's getting about crunch time for this next game to get started. Yep. So I am rolling with a lightning bounce back away against the Sabres. I'm rolling with the Capitals here. Panthers at home, obviously, in Sunrise. Terrible place. Cesspool of the South, but <laughs> Panthers nonetheless. Rangers at home. Going with the Canes at home was going to be a huge win against the Maple Leafs away. Um, I'm rolling with the Stars here. Going with the upset away in Columbus against the Blue Jackets. And, of course, Kings, Blues, Blues, losing their O tomorrow. I'm going with Lightning against the Sabres. Stars against the Jackets. Panthers against the Coyotes, Rangers against the Flames, Capitals against Ottawa. I don't think LA gets it done against St. Louis. I think St. Louis will stay undefeated until their next game after LA. After LA, I think their O goes then. So I think St. Louis is going to have a dominant night against LA with LA looking sloppy there, 1 3 and 1. I'm giving it in favor to St. Louis. With Toronto and Carolina, I'm going Hurricanes. Okay, pretty much same down the board, except that last one. No big deal. Each of us have great predictions. Went 8 for 13 for our Saturday game, so nothing shy of perfection there in my eyes. Exactly, 100%. Just aiming for that six-figure range like we always talk about. Oh, of course, of course, shooting for six figures. And and I did mention a lot of cooking today in, the, in, the, in, in our group chat that we have going. Made some excellent steaks today, and I believe my next uh, my next recipe on the line is going to be some uh, Spanish rice for my girl Brie over here. Oh, and now you're going to get everybody hungry, man. I have, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Right before we got to call the show. You know how it is. Right before we call the show, right? Probably Somebody's probably getting dinner right now. You're going to make everybody hungry. Come on, man. Oh, it's 10 o'clock at night. Oh, man. 10 o'clock at night, but a, a solid show nonetheless. I love doing this. Another, another episode of Up the Wing. Second episode of Up the Wing. Episode... 19 now for Crash the Net. Pretty unbelievable. Pretty wild what a journey. Thing. So successful. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. There was three more listens on Spotify, and I think three more listens on our Apple account. We had 100. And we went from 112 to 115 on Apple, and we went from 9 to 12 on our Spotify. So everybody, keep listening, keep answering, keep talking. Tell everybody your your aunt, your uncle, your cousin, your brother, your sister, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, whoever. Tell them that Crafts the Net is your number one hockey podcast to get all of your great information. I got nothing else tonight. Dylan, do you have anything? Tell your talking parrot. Tell your talking parrot. Exactly. I actually went in the PetSmart today and, and looked at some parakeets. So, yes, parrots and birds all alike are welcome. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. 
Um, for those of you guys playing hockey out there, whether you're in the street, you're in the woods, you're in a gym, you're on ice, where have you, also pick up a pair of fresh skates. Um, seeing a couple of pictures online sent to me by a few friends, uh, CCM with some great sales on skates. Look to me in between 60 and 70 bucks. So if you're looking to pick up ice skating, go for it. Absolutely. And never forget, crash the net. <laughs>